We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. The following is a broadcast from the Global Authority in Mixed Martial Arts. The Sure Dog Radio Network. The Sure Dog Radio Network. It's time to begin. With Bruce Buffer. We are live. It's time to begin with Bruce Buffer starts now. Exclusively on the Sure Dog Radio Network. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping... To the streets of Rio, where the UFC is coming, and to the Great Wall of China, where I hope nobody is jumping, we are live on the Sure Dog Radio Network. My name is Bruce Buffer. My associate is TJ DeSantis. Our special guest of the day is comedian actor Brian Callen. We are in store for a fun show. How are you doing, TJ? I'm good, Bruce. Just gearing up for my big move, which, uh, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, it's always a pain in the ass. I can't even imagine moving, but, um, I've done it. Godzillion number of times in my life, and I hate it every time. Yeah. Um, when does this take place? What are you going to go public with here? Uh, I close on my house here in Minneapolis uh, on October 25th. I fly out to Southern California on October 26th. So I, I'm coming out there this wow. week to try to find uh, a place to live. Yeah, I, I actually ran into Sammy this weekend at a, uh, a celebrity poker tournament uh, at the Commerce, and. Um, I told her you're moving out here. She's all excited. Yeah. You know, whatever that means. I don't know. But she's all excited. And uh, you told me one of the areas you're thinking about going into. But uh, keep, take your time. I mean, whatever time you have. I don't have for, much time. time. I have Monday and Tuesday of next week to find a place to live. So how much pre-shopping have you done for this? Uh, just looked at some apps on uh, an app or looked at some homes on the app called Zillow. And uh, I'm yeah, going so to uh, arrange some meetings, hopefully, for Monday and Tuesday. Very cool. All right. Well, find the place that's great for you and the kid and the wife and, you know, all that goes with it. Um, you'll love it out here, TJ. You'll you'll take some time getting used to it, but um, you will love it out here. Most definitely, I think. I think so, too. So, listen, um, I'll go, all the best with that. I have to comment because last week we did the show. I We did not do the show, rather, last week, and I so wanted to do a show last Tuesday due to t- technical issues. We couldn't have a show, but... I want to do it so bad because I got to tell you something. Saturday night, and I know the fog is clear, the the heads are clear, whatever. But I watched this fight again for the third time, and 
out of announcing whatever it's been, 3,000 or more fights in the octagon, not counting all the other cages and rings I've worked in, um, I'll give it definitively in the top five, if not the greatest fight I've ever seen. I think it was the greatest UFC fight I've ever seen. Uh, You're talking, obviously, Alexander Gustafson and John Jones. Um, Yeah, yeah. Easily the best UFC title fight we've ever seen. Um, Absolutely. I I think this replaced uh, Shogun uh, Henderson as the greatest UFC fight I had ever seen. Um, and you know, the, the belt was on the line. So by the way, you're in good company because I share the same thought. And when I thought I was in good company was because Joe Rogan shared that same thought with me too, without me even instigating it. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. And I can't wait for the rematch whenever it does happen. Um, you know, obviously John Jones has Glover to share coming up now on a Super Bowl weekend, but, uh, John is young. Gustafson is young. Even if John were to lose to Glover one way or another, which I, I don't see happening, uh, we will see these two men fight once again. And uh, I look forward to that day. Well, I, I do too. But also, you know, you think about it because my mind's always working on marketing aspects in life. And you think, well, and I was this way right after the fight, like rematch. I, first off, that fight was Rocky one. Right. And then the way they wound up in the hospital at the end with the pictures that slammed on the internet, it was Rocky, the beginning of Rocky two. You know, you could see him like holding him in at the end of that fight in the octagon. I was waiting for one person to say there ain't going to be no rematch. You know, right? Yeah. And um, but let him fight Glover. There's not going to be it. There's no more easy fights for John. Not that not that they happen easy, <clears throat> but those days are over. John now has uh, is great as great as he is. But there's something about when people see greatness that can be challenged or. Let's put it this way. If I read the cards and they were given the cards and they said it was 48-47 for the new champion in, in Gustafsson, right. I wouldn't have had any problem reading that. No, I I, uh, people are calling it a robbery, which I just – I don't think no, you can call it a robbery. No, it's not a robbery. No. It could go either way and it yeah. went the way to the champion. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I scored rounds one and three for Gustafsson, two, four, and five for Jones. It was a very close battle. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just a, don't think there was a terrible scorecard you could turn in. No, not at all. It was a battle going into that fifth round. And as Gustafson said, when he got the elbow to the head, it, he just couldn't recover from that. I mean, that was like, that was the thing that put him on a little queer street in that fifth round. Yep. But whether he was partial on queer street or not, the guy fought extremely well, probably showed he has some of the best hands and control in, in, uh, in the art of boxing in the ring of fighting of the octagon. And, you know, it's just uh, points, points made. Lost the fight, points made. <laughs> points made. They're going to meet. It's great marketing. Let them fight Glover. Whatever happens, they'll come together next year. We'll all be so anticipating another fight between these two after they heal for about six months or whatever it's going to take. Um, but, you know, work it. Work at UFC. Work it. Good marketing. Good people work by. What great fighters the UFC has to, to build behind, which bothers me when I read about Bisping. Who's got to be devastated about this redetached? Okay, let me just understand. I, I just saw this briefly on the internet. Redetached red, meaning it was detached at one time, repaired, and now it's detached again. Correct? Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't looked into that that much, but yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, if it's redetached, I mean, it's been detached twice. Right, it's dangerous. Yeah. That yeah. could be. The doctor could look him in the eye, not trying to coin a pun, and say, "You got to retire." Easily, it can happen. I don't like or hearing he's that. Fight but- you know, a detached retina yeah, but that's, is, is that's a serious injury. Sugar Ray Leonard came back from it, and God knows he's in the world of boxing where he's getting pummeled to the head ten times more than any MMA fighter. That said, um, though, Sugar Ray Leonard's not going to get an eye poke. 
No. And this – God, good good call here, TJ, because that's kind of where I was going or where I was going. What in your estimation can be done with these gloves? Nothing. I mean, I've seen them – I've nothing. I don't see how you can do it. You're going to prevent the art of grappling. Yeah, you can't do anything. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, eye pokes are – just like a nut shot. There's nothing you can do about it. They're going to happen, at least when you get hit below the belt. You can wear a groin protector. You can't do anything for your eyes. You're not going to be able to wear some sort of goggle. I, I don't think you can modify the gloves in a way that will make it. I mean, you, you have to have fingers exposed to properly grapple. And um, if you if you mess around with the gloves too much, you're going to inhibit a grappler from doing what ha- has made them um, you know, uh, successful in mixed martial arts. And I just – you have to be very, very careful if you're going to try to attempt to change the gloves because I hate to say it. I think they're flawed. There's obviously a massive flaw with the gloves, but it's a flaw that unfortunately can't be fixed. Well, yeah, and I thought about, you know, could you do an extension on the thumb so it's free to grapple but with a padded tip? And they can't do that either. No. I mean, what are you, you know, you're going to be hitting the guy with a little battering ram. No, it's a, it's – it's going to be a problem because yeah. what if it gets to be a really sincere problem where somebody loses their eye worse than what's happened to Michael here or, God forbid, God does not happen to Michael in respect to his vision. Right. And then suddenly now the black eye is cast and then everybody becomes tepid or overly tepid. Sure. And they say, okay, well, you know what? No striking with open hands. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Um, you know the trainer Mike Winklejohn, correct? Of course. Um, he has a glass eye. And the reason he has a glass mm-hmm. eye is because he was holding pads for somebody, and somebody had a long, I think it was a toenail, and uh, basically grazed the eye Slice with an eye. slice his eye open, and, and it was done. That eye was trash. Um, you know, so that, that, you know, obviously that wasn't mixed martial arts, but, you know, that was training for mixed martial arts, and, you know, freak incidents are going to happen. I mean, the, the bottom line is this, Bruce. I think that mixed martial arts is, of all the combat sports, I think it's the safest. Um, we don't need to get into why it's safer than boxing or kickboxing or anything like that. But the bottom line is it's still a combat sport. Safe or not, bad things are going to happen from time to time. It's the price you pay to be a fighter. It's a price you pay uh, as a person to be involved with the sport. And hopefully it doesn't happen to you because 9 out of 10 times, nothing like that is going to happen to you over the course of a mixed martial arts career. That said, right. you're probably going to get poked in the eye at some point, and unfortunately for some people, it's going to be worse for some than others. Well, you're going to be poked in the eye, you're going to be kicked in the nads, yeah, and you're going to be punched in the face, yep. and, and that's and, pretty much the way it works. And you mentioned covering the glo- or the thumb. It's not even the thumb so much. It's, it's when these guys kind of get closer to one another than they want to and just try to push back, and their, their fingers are extended and goes in the eyes. I mean, uh, sure, uh, you sure. see it like... I'm sorry. You've seen it like me. It's just the most, the, even just the want to get away or out of a position. Yeah. It's an innocent thing that can be really bad. Yeah. Really bad. I mean, short of yeah. telling these guys to be as careful as possible, I don't think there's anything more you can do. I know Joe Rogan likes to really chirp on, oh, someone needs to fix these gloves. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Joe. You can't do anything about it. It's just, that's. I think, it, I think bottom line, I think if there could have been fixed, it would have been fixed by now. You know, it's about time that we bring on. Uh, Brian, yeah, I will tell you I had a fun time, and I'll tell you what this is on. I did a cooking show in Malibu. I saw photos. And, um, the, yeah, yeah, you saw the photos, right? So what happened is I brought out Kristen, um, the girl that I wanted to invite had to had to work into the evening, and they started this thing in the afternoon. And I said, "Well, I'm not bringing a date." They said, "Don't worry, we'll have we'll have uh, some guests there. You'll be fine." Right. I get there, TJ. You saw the pictures. They brought in ten LA models. 
They were all like five nine to, to six feet tall. Yep. Drop dead beautiful, classy, you know, with the evening wear and the whole bit. It was just me and Kristen and all these models. Popping bottles and show kissing this, models. If that, you know, I didn't even think about it. That was it. That was a popping bottle kissing model experience. A lot of fun. I'll let you know when it's going to be on TV. It's, it's, it's a crack up. Looking forward to it. I think I need to be The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. No, too old. Too old. No, 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 no. I just don't think you want to get tied down. I think that's what it really is. You just no, keep I just your rows. I just, I don't we get this. No, I just don't want to be filmed while somebody's tying me down. There you go. So, there you go. There <laughs> reality show time. Yeah, reality show time. I'm just joking. That's all right. Maybe not. Oh, let's take a break. Let's then. take a break. Okay, let's take a break. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. It's time to begin! (laughs) Who am I kidding? I'll let him do it. Now, back to the voice of MMA, Bruce Buffer. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest we're going to bring on the show. A star of screen, a star of stage, a star of stand-up comedy... A man who likes to be known as the kid, the bit killer Jones, Mr. Garbage Dick, the conversation strangler Stevens. All I can say is I'm proud to have him on the show. Please welcome Brian Christopher Kellen. That's a hell of an intro, man. That is a hell. I'm bringing you around with me everywhere I go. That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, you man, just, just get out me, that box. You just call me Garbage Dick, but somehow it works. I know. Well, you know what? It's on your Wikipedia. I figured you're the one that okayed that, right? Of course I am. I mean, I, okay. I, I love it. I like any nickname, anything with a dick in it. How are you, yeah, my friend? I'm doing great, doing great. Glad to have you on the show, Brian. Welcome with uh, myself and my co-host here, TJ DeSantis. Uh, Brian, on our show, we talk, uh, this is Lifestyles. We're all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We're all about UFC. We're all about talking about it, whether we take it, watch it or not. Bottom line is, we're going to talk about a few different things. But the big thing at hand today is about our frozen government. Where the hell do you think we're going with all this in a couple of sentences? I think you're dealing with an ideo- ideological uh, uh, struggle. I think that the Republicans are very aware that this isn't going to really do anything, but uh, along, along principle and ideology, they're kind of making a stand. Not unlike the way um, Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton had their standoff in 95 and 96. Uh, the, real, the real issue, I think, with a guy like Boehner is, look, we had a debt ceiling um, and everybody knows that when the government sets a debt ceiling, uh, it's a joke because we, we always somehow raise that ceiling because the government continues to borrow more money to pay its debt. At, at, at issue here, I think, is I don't think the Republicans are behaving responsibly. You can have that argument. You can have the argument of whether or not they're taking a big political risk. 
but the real issue becomes how much of the government do you want in your life? How much of your day do you want to be working for the federal government? And what are you getting in return? Those are the bigger questions. So to me, the shutting of the federal government is actually a lot less consequential. I know it's like, oh, my God, these people are going to be furloughed and stuff. It's a disaster. I don't think so. I think you're going to be, you're, I think most people will be surprised at how life goes on in this country. And, and that's primarily because we were not built to, this country was not supposed to be run by some federal behemoth that takes a lot of your money. So I, I you know, I, I, that's kind of my take on the closing of the federal government. Uh, it might not be such a bad thing. For, that's for not, I'm not, I'm not siding with the Republicans or, or Democrats here. I'm just saying. I think, you know, I understand it's kind of like almost like an overhaul or a forced mental overhaul, whatever the case might be. But, you know, there's going to be that constant battle between the Republicans and Obamacare and everything going on. It's it's uh, not easy economic times, and it's something we all have to keep track of. I was actually watching today wondering, all right, you know how you when you got – I'm sure you have money vested in, like, you know, those kind of uh, funds or whatever that buy and sell stocks for you. When the market goes down, yep. you lose a bunch of money. When they go up, you make money. And I was watching it this morning, you know, for whatever I'm involved there, and I thought, you know what? I, I've got my phone, my hand on the buttons. If I see this thing's about to dump, I'm going to, like, get rid of it all now before it goes down 30%. It's going to take me six months to get all that back again. You know, it's, it, you never know what's going to happen in these moments. Well, in fact, the government, I mean, in fact, the market held pretty steady. Yeah, very uh, well, actually. Yeah. Gold went down. Gold got hit. But on a more comical thing, we did that on that. We'll just, I feel bad for the 800,000 federal workers not going to work. I feel bad the Army-Navy game is probably not going to happen this weekend for the people that just want to be entertained. And uh, I feel bad for uh, some people I know that need to go to Brazil that won't be able to get a visa if this extends into next week or, you know, for whatever. It's like, you know, there's yeah. all these collateral damage complications. But let's talk about the good stuff. When did the comic bug hit you? I, you know, I told you in person, you know, we've been friends for years. And it's like a, you know how much I love stand-up comedy. You traveled right. abroad in Lebanon and the Philippines as a kid. You have a very diverse life. I think you're brilliant. I always comment on your physicality and your comical timing. It's just so rare from Dick Van Dyke's of this world that people can even have that and put it together the way you do. You know, it's Thank awesome. You. Oh, it's so true. But when did it hit you? Because you've been hitting the stores and the, and the shops for since your teens or, you know. No, you know, what about? happened to me was I, I think that I, I was bounced around in different countries, you know, until I was 14, seven different countries. And when you're a, when you're a boy and you're, you're thrown into a whole new situation, like, you know, you go from greece to saudi arabia or you go from lebanon to pakistan or you go from you know these were the kind of like it wasn't just another town it was another continent uh, we i had no idea and i'd be thrown in this international body of students who are from all over the place where english was the common language although i went to a french school in lebanon for a while but you know you you kind of there are two ways you ingratiate yourself very quickly if you don't want to be lonely in a new situation one is sports luckily i was fairly athletic um, and, and the other was um, just making people laugh. I just learned very quickly that if you could make people laugh, they wanted you around. And I really think that was my training for stand-up. And it was funny as I make my living now getting up in front of, you know, hundreds or sometimes thousands of strangers, and, <laughs> and I just make them laugh. But it feels so normal. It feels so natural, you know. Do, doing, doing that show with Rogan, there were 3,000 people out there, and I, I wasn't even remotely nervous because, in a way, I've been doing it my whole life in one way or another. So and now it's just more of a heightened, more, more of a disciplined version of it. So, so that's probably yeah. what happened. Oh, and by the way, I decided to be an actor and looked in the mirror one day and went, you know, there's nothing about me physically 
you know, look at the look at the white guy. Look at the white guy with brown hair, 170 pounds, the medium guy. Let's get him in our movie. You know, you got to separate yourself. And you know, it wasn't like I was going to be. It, there's nothing about me where you go. Let's we got to have him. You know, no. So I had to I had to separate myself by being a silly goose. Yeah, but you're there was uh, Tisha's going to come on here a sec. One thing is, it's your energy though. You've got unique energy. You know, it's one thing to be deadpan, low key, and everything else, but. You you feed off the energy in the scene or the or the shop you're working at. I've seen you live, seen you well, otherwise. That, that, that's another way of saying I just like yeah. people, and I and I love asking why people are the way they are. And I think when you like people and you're invested in people, you don't judge people, but you come at them with sort of more of a fascination of what what makes them who they are. That that tends to be the kind of energy I think people like, and and what a lot of times people do call energy. You know. Right. Exactly. Go ahead, TJ. Uh, Brian, I first became uh, aware of your work with uh, Mad TV. And uh, I absolutely loved Mad TV, and uh, I, I was a pretty young kid when it first came out. I think it was like fifth or sixth grade. But uh, <laughs> I, I would love your thoughts on this because e- even back then, even as a young kid, you know, I, I watched Saturday Night Live and whatnot. But when I watched Mad TV, it just seemed like it was a cast of guys and girls that were just having fun and and just going for it. Where Saturday Night Live, uh, in a lot of ways, puts off a, a pretentious vibe to me. Oh, it's Saturday Night Live. There's so much history. Where when you guys were on Fox on Mad TV, you guys were just playing around, having fun. Am, am I far off base with that? Well, you know, look, I know a lot of guys on SNL. Uh, I know a lot of the big guys who used to be. I mean, it, it, I know how that show works, and and I don't know. I think that you know, for the most part, we had only an hour to fill, and we were able to pre-tape, right? Which meant we could shoot we we could shoot something two weeks before it aired. Saturday Night Live has to come up with an hour and a half of comedy every week. And those guys are literally up all night coming up with jokes, writing stuff, their own characters. If they don't, they get fired. And, and the so actors are rehearsing. I think the actors what are you're rehearsing. seeing is rather than arrogance, I think what you're seeing is a bunch of people who are worked to death and are literally doing the best that they possibly can. Sure. And I think they're just exhausted, and they're, 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 it's a very intense atmosphere where if they don't produce, they're gone after seven, nine episodes. They're not making any money. To this day, they don't make any money at all. Uh, they never have. They make way less, way less than the average sitcom actor, uh, no even kidding. the big guys. Yeah. So that well, might be what you're picking up on. <laughs> sure. I mean, what are your thoughts on Saturday Night Live today? Because I, I think either some people still find it enjoyable and others will say that, oh, man, it's, it's nothing like it was back in the 80s. Nothing. You, you know, I was just talking to Taron Killen, was a really good friend of mine. He's a, a member of SNL. And one of the things that, that it's interesting is that back in the day when you, and I just was, I would, John Lovitz did, did my podcast, and we were talking about the difference. And, and when Lovitz was doing what, SNL, you know, um, and Kevin Neal and I talked to about this. When they were doing SNL, 20 million people were watching. And so when they did a joke, all of us would be like, ah, the Terminator, the, 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 the Buffinator, you know, and we all had these, we all, it was kind of part of the nomenclature, part of the sort of zeitgeist, part of the, part of the language. They kind of set the comedic tone. And I think what happened was now with, with the advent of new technologies and social media and all the different outlets, Four million people watch SNL now, not twenty million people or whatever. Well, it back, was. also back so then, now, when now they... you're you're kind of invisible. You know, you're as an as a as a as a member of SNL, people really don't know you anymore. It's not like you're famous anymore. It's 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 not it's not what what uh, it used to be. I suppose. 
Sure. Well, SNL, you know, for a more condensed thing, what you said is that it came out when there were literally maybe four channels on TV. You know, that's right. That's right. I was watching SNL before I graduated high school. I mean, we had three, four channels. Yeah, that was it. So it was some Mavericks, man. They were also Mavericks. Nobody thought that show was going to work. You know, that is always, always like, well, it might get canceled. It was, you know, I mean, so it's it's, a Lauren Michaels is a fighter. You know, he's a, he's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's got its own energy, I have to say. He's a fighter, but the thing about Hollywood, Brian, is Hollywood never knows what works until it works, period. Uh-huh. They just don't. Uh-huh. They, I always use this exactly uh, right. analogy. They stopped making space movies. They were making a ton of them in the 50s, a couple in the 60s. Then they blanked out for 10 years, and somebody came up with Star Wars, and film did a billion dollars in sales and merchandising. It's always the Maverick. It's always the Maverick. Yeah, it's always, it's always the Maverick. And then, and then, then, then all the... Then all the yids sitting in the boardroom, they're always going, hey, let's make a space movie. You know, nobody knows yeah. what till it works. Right. That's right. That's Let me right. ask you another question, Brian. Uh, you mentioned your podcast. We're on a podcast. You want to talk about evolving media. Uh, it seems like the podcast is the way of the future. I mean, w- where do you think the podcast will be five, ten years from now? Well, I mean, I think that what you're seeing is uh, the dissemination of power. I think all of us are able to now have our own, essentially, radio station, and we're not beholden to anybody at all. We can say what we want. It really is the, sort of, in many ways, the last bastion of free speech. We live in very politically correct times. That usually means you're not allowed to speak your mind, and podcasts are the antidote to that. And so that that's what's very refreshing to me. I also think it's a wonderful way to sort of express what I do on my podcast, for example, is I decided, you know, I can have actors and comedians, and I do sometimes, but I said there are a lot of great writers, a lot of great authors who write books in dusky rooms and nobody reads them, but they win Pulitzer Prizes and they're great historians and stuff. I started reading those books and calling those guys up and they do my podcast. So every time I do a podcast, I learn something and I, I you know, I'm, I'm at least doing my part to try to inspire young people to pay attention to the right things and to ask the right questions. Uh, you know, and so, so I, the, the point I'm making is I think podcasting is that wonderful medium in which you can create your own niche audience, your own following. You can control your own expression, and, and you can control really, or at least garner your own community. You can kind of laser pinpoint who you want and so when you have 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 listeners, which may not be much for a radio station, as a comic, that's how many people I'm reaching. And when I come to their town and say, hey, man, I'm doing stand-up, it's pretty amazing. I don't have to do radio anymore. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. As, so uh, in 10 years, God knows, though. I don't, right. I don't know the answer. Yeah. And, and I think uh, more apps come out where podcasts are almost accessible you know, on your phone at, at the touch of a button in, in seconds. So I think... You know, terrestrial radio fears the podcast, so I think uh, I, I think the, the the podcast you know bar will constantly be set higher and higher, and I, I don't know where it ultimately ends up. Uh, you mentioned I think it might end up. By the way, it might very well end up right where radio was. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I think that there's a reason radio evolved the way it did. It's not because they're idiots, and I, I have a feeling that that you know I do a podcast with Brendan Schaub called "The Fighter and the Kid," and it's on Fox and. You know, 
there are guidelines. There are guidelines. Fox is a, a large entity with lots of investors, and there are certain things we can and can't say now. Now, so it's not that different. You know, we try not to swear and things like that. So these are these are, you know, so we try again, we try I, that here. Be- we just have guests that lose it lose it a little bit. But you know what? Uh, I was going to ask you about the Fox Sports thing. I like Brent, and Brent's actually my neighbor over here, and you used to be my neighbor over here, uh, you know, by the beach here. And um, he, uh, I read where you guys are together. The Fox told me that. Fox told me you and uh, Brendan are well, doing Brent, this. Well, Brendan Schaub, Brendan Schaub is a very unique guy. Uh, Brendan Schaub is one of the best storytellers I've ever met, and he is just. I'm telling you, his future is in uh, after he, after he's done fighting, he's going to be an entertainer of some kind. I've never met an athlete who is that socially savvy. And that funny and that good at telling stories. He's just—he's just amazing, man. He's not, yeah. Which actually, he's also a really good guy. He's a good guy, you know. Great guy. Period. Great guy. So, so now we're gonna we're gonna branch out to a couple other things. But one question I have for you is: I think that, and I'm probably off on this, but you're probably one of the only actors out there in Hollywood that has been in a a mega hit movie like Hangover, which got made into a sequel into Hangover Two. And you're in each film playing two different characters. I mean, how many actors get hired back for the sequel to a huge hit like crazy. Hangover? Well, and, that's and the guy that they had wasn't working out. They had an Indian guy, and I kept... It was a role for an Indian strip club owner, and I kept calling Todd Phillips, and I would leave messages on his machine going, I can play an Indian. I'm not joking. Just give me a chance. I lived in India. I'll give you a tight smack. And I was doing my bad Indian accent, and he finally called me. He goes, "Dude, I love you, but you can't be in the movie. I mean, you know, it, it, this is a different character." They hire the guy. He's not working out. I'm in Vegas on my way to do this great. Um, I, I'm literally going to fly me in a private jet. I'm going to stay at the Jordan Winery. It's for Wine and Country magazine. I'm going to do. I'm headlining this festival at the Wine Country. I'm, I can't wait to drink great wine and stay at the Chateau. I mean, it's, it's VIP all the way. And Todd I'm Phillips jealous. says, "Hey, dude, I need you on." He goes, "Todd Phillips goes." Dude, this guy's not working out. Can you get on a plane? I'll pay you really well. Just get on a plane. We'll fly you first class out to Thailand. And I was like, well, it is the, it is the biggest sequel in, in film history. Yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah, right, <laughs> so I was exactly. I like three days later. No, shoo it up. You know, kudos. Yeah. Kudos to you. So um, any, uh, uh, anybody have any idea what the top brand in the world is? The Has been for 13. What's the top brand? Like, you know, like, okay, I know it's you're a either, brand. I, Joe, I would imagine product. it's either product. I would imagine it's either Coca Cola or Marlboro. I'm gonna go with Nike. Okay, it's Coca Cola. Now Coca Cola just got uh taken off the giant. The tech giant. Uh which one do you think is gonna take over for Coca Cola? Coca Cola has had a thirteen year run, by the way, as the world's most valuable right. and highly regarded brand. That's what I thought, yeah. You're saying so somebody you, else is gonna take somebody else is they, gonna take over for that? Yeah, yeah, they just passed him. Who do you think who do you think did it? Oh, somebody just passed Coca-Cola. Yes, 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 yes. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Boy, oh boy. Somebody just passed Coke. Uh, is it? Is it? Will it surprise me? Will the answer surprise me? Hey, or? do do, do me a favor. Give us give us a hint. What industry? Uh, tech industry. It's not it Apple. Can't be Apple. Yeah, it can't be Apple. Yes, it is. Really? Apple. It is Apple. Yep. Wow. Apple. Huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> very, very. I'm surprised by that. I'm very surprised. Yeah, me too. I know. I am too. I was really too. I thought maybe you know Google or whatever what was going to happen, but uh, yeah, Apple. Amazing. And actually, they just skimmed out Google. Here it is. Yeah, it's the rival between Apple and Google. It's been settled. It's Apple. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Good for them. Where's my stock? Now I'm uh, just worried. I'm just worried that we're going to get computer viruses for Macs now. And that's uh, right. Me yeah. too. I was just thinking that. I was just that's, thinking that. 
That's one of the beauties of having a Mac. You don't get viruses, you know. It's a great deal. I mean, I'm sure anything can happen. I just like that. I just like that Rob Lowe wrote a book, but Stephen Jobs didn't. Uh, what's wrong with our culture? Yeah, right. Well, they right? can say that about me, too, that, that I wrote a book and Stephen Jobs didn't. What's, what's wrong with our culture? Absolutely correct. Yeah, but I hear good things about your book, Bruce. Thank, thank you, brother. The only good things I ever want to hear are the good things if I ever hear them from you. Boy, did I That's say that right? right? I don't believe in this. <laughs> I actually don't believe in listening to good or bad things. I think they both have equal power. I don't like it. I'll just do my work. Don't, don't give me compliments or don't, don't insult me. All right, I guys. actually prefer an insult if it's constructive. Hey, say whatever you want to say about me. Just spell my name correctly. It's not an original comment by me, but I, I agree with it. Um, killer bees. Has there ever been anybody killed by killer bees? Because in Hong Kong, they just had 19 people that were killed by killer hornets stung to death. Wow. Well, killer hornets are no joke. 19 people? 19 people have been stung to death by hornets. Uh, includes, now, this, they, they house in China. That You've got to realize these are the largest hornets in the world. These yeah, they're the, yellow, the Japanese yellow hornet or something, right? They're these giant yeah. hornets. Yeah, they're just huge. I mean, you know, hornets oh. normally are big, but these are huge. Oh, um, so a total, total of 583 people in the area have been stung since July 1st. Uh, 70 are still in hospitals recovering. 19 have died. Wow. Oh, my that's, God. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, those things are a-holes. Uh, to like say the that. least. Well, I'll tell you what's an a-hole. You guys are parents, Okay. Yeah, they, I'm gonna. We're gonna. And we talk about this all this time. We have celebrities gone bad. We have uh, the bad parents. You know all that kind of stuff. A five month old baby was killed in an airport baggage carousel. How do you lose track of your five month old baby? Oh, you leave it on the carousel. Oh God, oh, you're tired. I guess you got to. Oh God, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I would assume that this, uh, the, the parents in question here have got to be new parents. When we first took our son home, um, I, I didn't leave him anywhere, but it, it would happen all the time when he would be with the babysitter. I would go into, like, say, Target or something and walk around, and just a, a, a panic would come over me and go, oh, my God, I left him in the car. And then yep. I'd be like, oh, wait, no, he's at the babysitter. It's true, man. I've had the same things. You know, it's 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 one of those tragic accidents that God knows how it happened. But uh, God, bad news. Yeah, I don't want to say that I can sympathize, but like, I mean, I part well, of me understands. You, you kind of got to sympathize. Yeah, it's not it's not like they did it on purpose. It just kind of was one of those things where you turn your head, and you put something down, you're tired, you've been traveling. Uh, who knows, man? Right. Yeah. We've all made we've all made mistakes. That's why children get hit by cars, you know. You, you look one step, it's like Jim Brewer's great joke. It's like you have kids and all they do is spend all their time looking for death. <laughs> just constantly trying to be like, oh, no, no, you know. So, That's true. There it is. There it all is. Right. And, uh, okay, dads, getting away from that, now getting into a more thing. Did you see World War Z? I've not seen it I yet. did see, I did actually, and you know what? I actually thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a good solid seven and a half. I thought it could have been a friggin' nine. There was just something missing, but the TGI and the effects were unbelievable. But the whole point of zombies, you know, we always try to figure out what movies are made more of, World War II, westerns, uh, vampires, zombies. You know, I think vampires probably the most, but yeah. zombies are creeped up there. Now, they just found a new – I don't know what's your heroine of choice, actually. I'm just kidding, of course. But they, they, they uh, just found a new drug that's now surfaced in Arizona that's more perilous than heroin called Crocodile, right? Oh, yeah, it, yeah. And, and the thing is that when you take this, um, it ravages the flesh. It exposes the bones, yep. destroying internal organs, 
leaving users vulnerable to infection, like being HIV positive, and then you start to develop abscesses and gangrene, and often amputation is the only way to protect your life. It's almost I've like you're turning picture. yourself into I've a zombie. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the, they had the, it in Russia for a while. Oh, did they? Okay. And with that being said, it's like you wonder where this stuff comes from. This drug was made back in 1932. Oh, my it's a le- It was viewed as a less addictive version of morphine. Uh, you know, the whole drug, I hate drugs. I, I mean, I hate putting pills in my body, painkillers, all that kind of stuff. I can't stand it. This just scares the heck out of me. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that human beings have always, I just did a podcast with a guy named Josh Fowler who's living with pygmies in the Congo, and they're the most isolated people in the world. And they, they're hunter-gatherers, and they, they've not been touched by Western civilization. They spend all day smoking copious amounts of weed. So, you know, I think cultures throughout the ages have always found ways to alter their consciousness. That's always been sort of the idea of reaching beyond the physical world. Um, and uh, I've never been a drug guy, but I think they're here to stay. They're just Another, more, yeah. more, you know, better or... <laughs> More effective. I don't want to say it's human nature to push the limits of drugs, but it's just kind of human nature to push the limits of life. I mean, it's you, every sort of study of anything is to figure out why this happens the way it, it does, and I think that same sort of um, yeah, philosophy happens being, with drugs. Yeah. Just remember, just remember, animals. just remember one thing about life: it's easier to get into something than to get out of it. Oh, for especially sure. drugs. That's right, yeah, buddy. Without, That's right. Amen. Without, Amen. without question. Hey, listen, I'm going to let you go here, Brian. I know you're you're busy. You got to you know rock the world over there. Um, yes, sir. Quick, I appreciate uh, you having me on, though. Thanks, guys. No, absolutely. No, love it. One last thing. I know you love MMA. I know you love the UFC. I know you do the shows with Joe. But I mean, I see you octagon side. You're you're into it. Like everybody's into it, if not much, much more. Who are your two, top two favorite fighters of today? And just a two sentence to each. Why? I mean, Anderson Silva is just a matrix. We've, we've talked about that. He's impossible not to watch. And I've always loved Nick Diaz. I love Nick Diaz because Nick Diaz is just a fighter to his core. Nick Diaz isn't even interested in, in strategizing. He's, he just is going to fight you. If, you. if you've got a great left hook, uh, he's not going to avoid your left hook. He's going to eat it and give it back to you. He's just, he's just he's got such a fighter spirit. It's crazy. So Nick Diaz has always been somebody I just, I just love. He just captures the romance of a fighter. The, the, the self-destructive yet beautiful notion of what a real like a real warrior is. So I guess Nick Diaz, is, Nick Diaz is my favorite fighter. Yeah, I, I gather that's a lot of passion there. But you know, it, it sounds like a lot of scripts that have been done in Hollywood about boxers over the years. That same exact mentality, you know. That's right. That's right. Yeah, very very cool. Exactly What's next right. for you, Brian? Anything you want to push? PR, publicize what? Uh, what's that, buddy? Anything you want to promote? Uh, no, I mean, I'm good. I'm going to be in, uh, yeah, I'll actually be in Springfield, Illinois, doing stand-up this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, at Donnie B's, and then I'll be at the Houston Improv uh, the weekend after that. Um, I think it's uh, October 12th, 13th, 14th, so come on out. I'm bringing heat. I'm bringing heat. <laughs> Very cool. Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. Big fan. You're the best, Bruce. You're the best, buddy. I'll see you soon. Let's grab a beer, for God's sake. Call me. Grab two. I will. Thank you. All right, buddy. Okay. Bye-bye. Later. Later. Well, that was fun. Tell us a guy. I liked how he answered that question about the, uh, you know, the situation going on in the government uh, this morning and everything that happened. How well read are you on politics, TJ? Would you say on a scale of 1 to 10? I'll um, be honest with you about me. I, uh, I used to be a lot better as I worked in a morning show, um, and it was my job to gather news. So I was more up on 
politics in the early part of the 2000s, but uh, I mean, I can hold my own in a little political discussion. I probably would give myself a six, which is a lot uh, to grow on, and I probably bring that up to an eight when things like this happen today, and I want to read up on them. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear. You. I just, I'm just bored by politicians. I can't really sit back and go, oh, I love this guy or this gal or whatever for what they stand on because, you know, it's acting, man. It's acting, and there's oh, people yeah. behind you. It's just, it's just, I. You want to trust them, but you can't. Well, I mean, the thing that sucks, it doesn't matter if you're in the red party, the blue party, the, you know, opaque white party. It it doesn't matter. It, 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 no one in Senate or government for that matter, even it seems like down to the local level, really cares about the betterment of our country. It's all political agendas. It's all, uh, personal, uh, agenda. It's, it's terrible. I hate it. Yeah, I, I do too. I really can't, don't even want to comment beyond Mixed that. Mixed martial arts is illegal in New York. Once that gets fixed, then maybe I will uh, pay attention to politics. Well, here's one good thing the government did. The government obviously doing a little bit of research, and they found out that this skyscraper in Manhattan is secretly owned by Iran, right? No kidding. Yeah, so they're seizing it. They're seizing it. They're taking it out of their hands. Probably a good idea. <clears throat> I think it's a good idea. Thank you for that. I, I just wrote something that was positive about our government. God how, bless them. How long has Iran owned that uh, skyscraper then? Uh, Do we know? I can't. I'd have to read through this. And I don't want to take up time. I'm I not hear sure. you. But um, a long time. A long time. This is something they just bought. Yeah, good so job. Good job, guys. Yeah, good job on that is right. Um Remember a while back on the show, we talked about in Mexico City, those 12 views that were kidnapped oh, yeah. after hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They found a uh, a large grave, mass grave. Oh, God. They've already identified five of the bodies in the grave as, as those of the 12 people that were kidnapped. Uh, kidnapped. Horrible. Terrible. Mexico City. Jesus. God, I, I, I'm really, I'm looking for good news, TJ. I am looking for good news, and I'm sorry to say it's kind of hard. Let's see. Mark Cuban uh, on trial for insider trading. That's not good news. That's just kind of interesting news. But you never know. That's one business you don't know who's guilty until the guilty are found. That's for sure. No, I agree. Must be nice to play around with billions and billions of dollars. I think that's that's a lot of pressure. I don't want that. You know, with all the flying you do, do you know that you read where the captain of a diverted flight dies after he had a heart attack on on the uh, while flying? No. Yep. It's going to renew the age debate for pilots. It's a very stressful job. He was only sixty-three. Only sixty-three. They actually had to announce on the loudspeaker if anybody was a physician as he was going into heart attack mode in the cockpit. And they don't have, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they have defibrillators on planes, do they? To my knowledge, they're supposed to. Maybe they do. I don't, I don't know. I'd be, you know, I would be amazed if they don't. I don't know. That would really, that would, I would find that to be very interesting. Unless there's some kind of a thing about that being a possible weapon. You know, if it's out there. I don't know. I'm thinking my mind's going in. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um... You know, you fly a lot. How often have you heard the uh, announcement, if we have a doctor on board, please ring your call button? Uh, probably twice in the last year. Yeah, I've had it twice in the last two or three years, both uh, seizures, and uh, the plane didn't have to be diverted or anything. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, short of, hey, we're going down, uh, brace yourself in crash positions, that's the worst thing you can hear on the loudspeaker. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what, TJ? I think that's going to be it for me today. Uh, I heard the boys just come into my office. I think I'm going to take an hour or more and have fun with the kids. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Why not enjoy my time at home? I have two weekends at home. I don't know what to do with myself. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, yeah, I do. I'm just kidding. But I mean, still, it's like amazing. Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe I have two weekends at home. Yeah. I, I actually slept in bed till 1230 last Sunday. Well, I didn't sleep. I enjoyed my home till 1230 afternoon watching Sunday NFL football and breakfast in bed. I was one happy, happy kid. Who made you breakfast in bed? Like I said, I was one happy, Ah, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, even if I have a guest over, I always tell her, you know, I, I like making breakfast. And I'm and guys, I'm telling you, you let your girl stay in bed, you know. Let her get to brush her teeth, of course. But let her get let her stay in bed, you know, and, and make her breakfast. Come on, break open that Sunday champagne and give her some strawberries and, you know, make an omelet. Keep the heat low so it doesn't get brown, which I always do. But do the best job you can. It's uh, They love it. Be in the next book. All right, good. What's what's that one called? It's time again. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. You you've practiced that one. That was that was pre prepared. No, I think. Oh, no, I work live, baby. I live, guess. live from Marina. Oh. All right, so we're gone next uh, Tuesday. We'll be off the air as you're heading down to Brazil. I will be heading back from uh, beautiful Orange County. So uh, no, it's cool. time next Tuesday. No, but it'll be time the Tuesday after that. And uh, we'll see how we do with these Wednesday UFCs. Hang on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. we got to figure this out here. The Tuesday after next will be the 15th. Yeah, I won't be here either. Really? That long of a gap? Yeah. And then the Tuesday after that, the SureDog Radio Network will be in shambles, so we won't be here then either. Well, everybody, you're listening to the last (laughs) and final show. I don't. Sadly, we might not be back until November 11th. Wow. The studio. I mean, you got to bear with me. I'm moving. I'm moving this this thing uh, 1,500 miles away. So. Uh, oh no, that's okay. I just. Uh, I wish I would have known. I would have planned a month's vacation. Yeah. Well, I mean, here you go. You get a month's vacation. Go ahead. <laughs> I got a month of Tuesdays. All right, I got it. Yeah. So no uh, we'll. Uh, hey, next time it's a good possibility. The next time we do this radio program together, we could be sitting in the same room. Oh, I'm getting chills. Think about that. I am getting chills. Awesome. Yeah, think about it. Think about something. Working towards that. Well, get your ass out here. Do your job. Get your work done, and I'll see you in the studio. I'm working on it, my friend. All right, so no show till the 11th of uh, November. I have no idea. I'll keep you up to date. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. TJ, it's all exciting stuff coming up. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you from Brazil a uh, week from Wednesday. And until then, as always, be respectful to those around you. Be motivating. Be positive. Have a great life. Be good to all. Bye-bye. It's Time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of the SureDog Radio Network. Its content is intended for private use only. The preceding content was a TJ DeSantis production and is property of the SureDog Radio Network. All of today's content will be available at the radio section of SureDog.com and the iTunes Music Store under podcast. This is the global authority in mixed martial arts. The one, the only, the SureDog Radio Network. Toyota's Labor Day sales event is ending soon. Save big with 0% APR on 13 of Toyota's top-selling models like RAV4, Camry, and Corolla. Don't wait. Toyota's Labor Day sales event ends Monday. Toyota, let's go places. Click the banner or visit buyatoyota.com. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.